Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a show that brings you tales of terrifying females from lore, legend, and everything in between. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. Well, it's been a while, hasn't it, listeners? I took the last year off to work on other projects, and now I'm so happy to be right back where I belong, talking about the spooky and weird. That being said, this week's topic is delivering on all fronts. Stay tuned for a tale of spirits, pranks, and some toe-tapping fun. Without further ado, let's get down to it. This week's topic is the Fox Sisters. Before we hop into our story, it's important to talk a little bit about spiritualism first. For the purposes of our tale, spiritualism is the belief that spirits of the dead can carry on in the afterlife and communicate with the living through people such as mediums. The Fox Sisters were the grandmamas of the spiritualist movement taking place in the mid-1800s. And it all started in the no longer existing town of Hydesville, New York, which is said to have been a part of present-day Wayne County, just outside of Newark. Here, the Fox family moved into a home in the winter of 1847. Supposedly, this wasn't any ordinary home. It was a haunted one. So when the family began experiencing strange happenings, it was somewhat expected. In March of 1848, the family began to be plagued by sounds in their home at night, rapping on the ceilings, knocking on the walls, and sometimes these sounds would be strong enough to move furniture. This caused a lot of concern for Margaret Fox, the matriarch of the family. She was a deeply superstitious woman and thought these sounds could be possibly demonic. The Fox sisters, Catherine, age 11, who went by Kate, and Margareta, age 14, who went by Maggie, didn't seem all that concerned, however. On the night of March 31st, 1848, shit got real. Margaret Fox, tired from sleepless nights caused by the knocking, sent her whole family to bed by 6 p.m. Not long after everyone settled in, the knocking started again. This time, it seemed to be more frantic, with knocks taking place not only on ceilings and walls, but on bedposts and door frames. Margaret, worried about her daughters, entered their room to find Kate trying to communicate with the sounds. She started calling out to a Mr. Splitfoot, which was a nickname used for the devil. Kate asked this Mr. Splitfoot to knock as many times as she snapped her fingers. It did so successfully. Maggie then clapped her hands four times for Mr. Splitfoot to repeat, which it did. This spun off into Mrs. Fox asking questions of the entity such as the ages of her children, which it was able to answer successfully as well. In the next few days, neighbors were alerted to the strange show going on in the Fox home, and a system for responding to yes or no questions was developed. This system then expanded to include a way to spell out words. Through this, the Foxes and their neighbors were able to learn that this entity claimed to be the spirit of a peddler named Charles B. Rosna. He claimed to have been murdered and buried in the Fox's cellar around five years earlier. Neighbors decided to help the Foxes dig up their cellar, only to have the project delayed for a few weeks due to flooding. Once they resumed, they did find some bones, but nothing that tied Charles to the scene. From here, rumors began to spread around the area which brought in travelers interested in talking with the entity themselves. These people noticed that the Fox sisters were always present during these conversations and felt that they were the connection to the spirit. It wasn't long until Leah, the oldest of the Fox sisters, came to visit. 
Recently widowed, she lived in Rochester, New York, and was supporting herself as a music teacher. Leah brought Kate back to Rochester to live with her, and claimed that the spirits who were communicating with her sisters followed as well. In fact, Leah stated that the sounds in her home were so loud that she thought moving was the only solution. So she and Kate packed up and moved, to a house directly next to a cemetery. Mrs. Fox and Maggie joined soon after. When the sounds continued, Leah decided they needed to share this gift with the public. She became the official interpreter for Maggie and Kate and conducted seances in her home. People who joined would gather around a table and ask questions to the spirits. Kate and Maggie would fall into a trance, and that's when the knocking would commence. After being inundated with requests, the Fox ladies decided to rent Corinthian Hall in Rochester and charge 25 cents a person. Leah claimed that the spirits demanded her to bring them to the broader public, so she and Maggie planned to hold a performance while Kate was away visiting a friend. This did not go as smoothly as planned. The night of the show, people gathered to jeer and hiss at the sisters for what they claimed to be a hoax. A committee was even formed to investigate. From here, a subcommittee of women were tasked with checking the Fox sisters' clothes to ensure they didn't have any contraption on them used to make the knocking sounds. Maggie and Leah performed for a couple more nights until their final performance where they were escorted out by police because of the enraged audience. Even though people were angered by their show, the Fox sisters were on the rise. All of the sisters then started a tour which ended up in New York City. They performed seances for the elite and celebrities and leaned into the popularity of spiritualism. The spiritualist movement became particularly popular with women. Most mediums were women, and being able to charge for their services allowed them to become financially independent. A wild concept for the Victorian era. While spiritualism seemed to be on the rise, there were, of course, still some disbelievers in the Fox sisters' abilities. Many thought that the women were able to produce the knocking sounds through what was called toeology, an ability to crack their toes on command. This rumor did not affect the sisters' popularity, however. Despite their lucrative career, Maggie and Kate both struggled with alcoholism. Leah retired when she married for a third time to a wealthy businessman and deemed the seances no longer necessary. In 1888, Leah stepped in to have Kate's children taken away from her due to her addiction, and to retaliate, Maggie decided to out their whole operation. She claimed that the knocking all began 40 years prior as a prank on their mother. Kate and her were, in fact, practicing toology, and before they knew it, their prank got out of hand. Leah stepped in at that time, learned what her sisters had done, and essentially turned them into a sensation for money. Even though Maggie would try to retract the statement a year later, claiming that powerful people put her up to it in exchange for money, their reputation was ruined. Maggie and Kate would live in poverty until their deaths, Kate passing away in 1892 and Maggie a year later. So, whatever you believe, the Fox sisters were a part of a movement surrounded in mystery and intrigue. Whether they were communicating with spirits or not, they became important figures as businesswomen during a time women were not permitted to conduct themselves in that way. In the end, I believe they leave us with a story just as mysterious as it started. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on Instagram. Also, 
If you could rate, review, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help the show to find other spooky tale lovers as yourself, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas. <laughs>